Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hair of the Dog podcast. We're normally hosted by Tony, but it's just me, Simone, today. I hope you all are doing well, and we are so sorry that we are behind on getting episodes out. The reason is because I have had so much going on legally, and of course, you all are very well aware of that. That's kind of why we're all here, right? This podcast has just a large true crime, you know, legal component to it. Again, I'm really sorry, but I've been prioritizing this lawsuit and just some other legal stuff just to, you know, get in front of it as much as I can. So unfortunately, that has meant that the podcast is a little behind with content. And we do plan to post future content. You know, there's there's a lot of things happening that, you know, are, are going to be great to talk about in the future. But in the meantime, I do have some updates. So the lawsuit, like the main lawsuit, the lawsuit between me and the caregiver, I'll say, um, we finally signed a settlement agreement and people get really excited when they hear that, but that does not mean the lawsuit's actually done. That just means we've made an agreement, right? So there's still many other pieces that need to fall into place. I, like any other layperson, assumed that it would mean it's the end, but it doesn't. You know, it's just kind of this never-ending lawsuit, you know, hellscape situation. Um, but we did sign an agreement, right? So we are bound to that to some degree. And I don't like it, you know, I have to be honest. I hate that I did that. I hate that I signed a settlement agreement and I really hate that I'm having to give this woman who harmed my father money just to get out of my life. I really hate it, but it'll all make sense. <laughs> Hopefully near future, I can see people looking at this and being like, why didn't you continue the lawsuit? You know, why, you know, it'll all make sense in the future. Closing this lawsuit out was kind of low-hanging fruit for right now because there are other things happening and there are other things at play that it's like, you know, I believe in karma. I believe in justice. It'll happen. It's just not going to happen right at this moment with this lawsuit, right? So I've had to let that go and it's it's hard, right? It's, it feels like I'm going against everything that I believe in and have talked about, but it's like I've always said, you have to lose some battles to win the war, right? But again, I fundamentally hate it. I hate the settlement agreement. I must have poured over it a million times and I just hate it. Like I hate looking at it. Like there's a copy of it behind me in like an envelope and I'm supposed to send it back to my attorneys and I've been meaning to send it back to them. Gosh, when did I sign it? Like two weeks ago. And I just haven't because I just hate it. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, I hate all of this. But anyway, so there's a couple things that need to happen before the lawsuit is actually done. One is that the letter to the life insurance company needs to be written saying that the funds will be dispersed in, you know, this way, right? And I'm absolutely furious because the other side, the caregiver and her attorney, so in the settlement agreement, we agreed upon language that would be used in that letter, right? Well, um, they decided to use language that was very not cool um, in the letter to the life insurance company. And my clap back to them is, you know, you signed an agreement to language and you deviated from that. So you're already deviating from the agreement. Like you can't do that. You cannot do that. And 
the other part is there has to be like a stipulation or whatever sent to the court to essentially close out the case, like through the courts, right? They did the same thing. They used like basically saying I made shit up. You know, I made all this up. And we all know that's not true. There's too much documentation. There's just too much that shows I'm 100% right about everything I've said. You know what I mean? Like, I have so many screenshots. I have so many receipts. So it's just really frustrating just as a person having, like, somebody write legal documents that they want to submit to a court basically saying, oh, this person just made this up. You know, they lied about this. So, and that's not what we agreed on the settlement agreement. So like take my emotions outside of it. There's still like a glaring logical fact that that's not what they agreed to. So my attorneys agree with that. And so they sent everything back and was like, Hey, this wasn't what we agreed to. And so we haven't really heard back from that. And that's where that's at. Um, But in the meantime, the caregiver is also very upset with me because the police are still investigating adult protective services. They are actively investigating as well. Uh, In the settlement agreement, she wanted me to sign that I'm not allowed to talk to adult protective services and that I'm not allowed to talk to the police, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I signed the settlement agreement saying that I wouldn't. But the reality is, The police and adult protective services already have all the information, right? They literally have everything. They don't need me anymore. They don't need to talk to me. So that was kind of a moot point for her to put in there. But at the the other hand, I find it very telling. You know, she is really trying to silence me from talking to anyone about this case, about anything, right? There's all these stipulations. But to me, it's like, what the fuck is she going to do about it? You know, if I do talk to adult protective services, the only way she's going to find out is if she serves a subpoena to them. And she has to have a reason to do that, right? Same thing with the police. So it's like, she really can't stop me from doing anything. So it's like, yes, I signed that settlement agreement and I fundamentally (laughs) didn't like what I signed. But also at the same time, you know, if the police, I can't be non-compliant with the police, right? You know what I mean? So it's like, it really doesn't stop anything. And again, even if even if it did, like even if I couldn't talk to the police, which is fundamentally against rights, right? <laughs> like when we think about a human's like basic rights, um, it's ridiculous, I'm sorry. Um, they still have all the documentation. They still have everything. You know what I mean? So like I've said, they don't need me because they have everything, but I'm totally happy to talk to them. So, you know, fuck what she wanted me to do. Like, just fuck it. I'm going to do what I want because what is she going to do? File a lawsuit and say, I didn't follow the agreement. Okay. Well, neither did you at this point because you're, you know, putting language in letters that we didn't agree to. So it goes both ways, right? So that's where that's at. And I am like, I do apologize for the cuss words. I am feeling very spicy about all of this um, because it's infuriating when you're dealing with somebody who's absolutely delusional, absolutely evil, and they have no remorse for what they've done and greed just continues to dominate them. So that's where I'm at with that. But I'm happy that the police and adult protective services, and there's some other, I don't want to mention it, but there's some other bodies also investigating her and her family, I guess. So 
there's that, right? So it's like, sure, this legal part might be the end, but this isn't the end of it all, right? And I think she's really hoping it is. I think she's hoping that this lawsuit closes and it absolves her of everything and that's it, but that's simply not the truth. So I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I just know it's really not over in many ways. In other news, I have been connecting with attorneys about other issues related to this case. I am keeping those issues kind of on the DL um, until I'm really ready, until something's filed, right? I'll talk about it when it's filed, but I have been meeting with some amazing attorneys that, and one actually found me through this podcast, which is really strange to think about, but cool, I guess. Um, So I'm having good conversations around what's next legally, right? What is next legally in terms of the companies and the people involved? Like what's next legally? So there is a lot. And again, it's up to me to decide if I still want to pursue that, right? Because there's this has been so complex where it's just like, do I want to spend my life pursuing this? And then there's the other part that's like, well, you kind of have to, like, you know, my dad was a clusterfuck. We all know that, right? <laughs> like, if you listen to the podcast, like, we all know that my dad made some not great life decisions, but he was still my dad. You know, I still loved him. And so it's like, what do I, you know, what do I do? Do I pursue it or do I just move on with my life? You know, there's many different ways it can go. So I'm just kind of like evaluating And I'm really grateful that I have my family's support in any direction I choose. Um, So that remains to be seen, but I'm having some really good conversations with some very talented attorneys. So, you know, that's good. It's good to know, you know, what your options are at the minimum. And we have a lot of options. So that's been really great. But one thing I am pursuing legally that I will be totally transparent about is I did have an attorney contact me about, a settlement related to my dad's exposure to chemicals at work while he worked at Chevron. You know, he worked, I mean, gosh, he started working in the oil industry in like the seventies. Right. And he never retired. So his date of death is literally like his like last day at Chevron. And we always joked about that, that he wouldn't leave Chevron unless it was feet first. And like, we joked about it, but then it was like real. So Anyway, uh, so this attorney specializes in, I guess it would be like a class action lawsuit. I don't really know, but settlements around people who worked in the oil industry who were exposed to, you know, who knows what chemicals in the 80s and 90s. And if you're familiar with the offshore oil industry, you know Africa. My dad worked in Nigeria. That was like the wild, wild west of the oil industry. It was really, really, really intense. There was no safety measures. It was just pure chaos, right? And my dad was right in the thick of it. Like he was right in the middle of all of that. And to many at Chevron, my dad is considered kind of a legend for it still, which is precious, but it obviously harmed him in many ways, right? So we did, I don't even know what the word is, agree to pursue that. So basically they would pursue litigation with Chevron or whatever 
and pursue it for my dad getting cancer for what he was exposed to. And it's interesting because when my parents went to adopt me, they had to have like physicals done to show that they were healthy, right? Like you couldn't have like cancer, for example, and adopt a child. And there was a lot of concern because my dad had nodules on his lungs when they did like a chest x-ray and they did like a biopsy. And at the time it was benign and they were like, you're just going to have to monitor this for the rest of your life. But we're seeing this in a lot of offshore men. And that's when my dad always said he knew that he would probably get cancer from everything he was exposed to one day. Um, And then he got lung cancer, you know, like that's, I don't, I don't know if that's what he died from, you know, because I, I feel like this caregiver did something to my father for his money and it could have been negligence. It could have been, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But I do know he had a cancer diagnosis, right. That's, we know that for sure. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And even gosh, about a month before my dad died, he said he had wanted me to sue Chevron for everything he was exposed to because he felt like it had shortened his life. So that's, it's interesting. And I actually needed to ask, but I don't know how this lawyer found me. I don't. And maybe it was the podcast. Maybe it was something else. Maybe it's just, you know, one of those fate destiny things. I don't know. I need to ask, how did they find me? Because they spent, they sent me a very specific email about, we know your father, you know, worked in the oil industry, you know, he could have a claim, you know, so again, don't know how they found me, but it's just one of those, one of those like kismet, fate, destiny. I don't know, but we're pursuing that. So that is one legal thing that is happening. And then another other update is that, you know, on my personal social media, I tend to be a pretty private person. <laughs> like everyone who knows me, it's kind of like a running joke, like, oh, Simone's so private on her personal social media. But then it's like, yeah, but I'm also podcasting about all the skeletons in my family's closet every Wednesday night. So it's, you know, it is what it is. But yes, I am private on social media. And I kind of always have been because I just don't really spend that much time on it. You know, it, it, it is what it is. But I took a huge step for me. And I posted about this case and what's been going on. And I posted it on my Facebook. So many amazing like comments and messages and just so much support. And then I waited a little bit because someone connected to the caregiver is following me on Instagram. And so I wanted to be careful, but then I just, you know, I had like a, like a great fuck it moment. Like this is, this is the truth. You know, this is like what's happened to me. It's what's happened to my family. People deserve to know, like we need to have that awareness. So this doesn't happen to others. Right. So I posted it on Instagram which made me nervous. <laughs> like I was just really nervous about how it'd be received. I also posted the screenshots of the beneficiary changes and like the police report and things like that. Um, because it is very, <laughs> it's not my typical content. I typically post pictures of things that I bake, you know, <laughs> like nothing extreme. So it took a lot for me to do that because it just felt like it, it really felt like exposing 
something very raw about myself to people who like a lot of people who know me like in real life. And there are people who know me in real life, like listening to this podcast, but it's just different. Right. So I felt like very raw, very exposed, but again, so grateful for the response and the messages and the support. And so grateful for people who have shared their stories that are kind of similar to mine. Like it's been incredible to hear everything and just thank you. Like, I feel like that's not sufficient because everyone's been so supportive (laughs) and I really appreciate it. Like I, I can't even put into words just how grateful I am for everyone and their messages and checking in on me and everything that everyone has done for me during this incredibly weird two years of my life. And it's going to continue to be weird for a little bit, it seems like. Um, But again, that was another update just to like... (sighs) It was, I was really nervous. Like my heart was racing and I kept asking my mom, like, am I doing the right thing? Because like the caregiver could see this, you know, like, and my mom, we were both like, just fuck it. You know, this is what happened. Like, this is the truth. We've got the receipts. We've got everything to back it up. Like this is, people need to know. That's what we circle back to is that people need to know so they can just watch out for any vulnerable people in their own lives. And other like, news update. I have started writing a book (laughs) about my family and all of this. And again, I, I don't know, you know, like I've started writing it. I think I am a decent writer, (laughs) but I definitely don't know where that's going to go, what it's going to look like. But I feel like there, there's just a lot here that has happened And there's been some really powerful lessons that I've learned that my family have learned. And we're hoping to impart that wisdom, but also have those tough conversations around, you know, narcissism, narcissism, trauma, um, PTSD, and like, you know, just navigating insane family experiences, but also like grief, loss, just all those pieces. But I feel like, like we're getting better about talking about it as a society but it's just one of those things that it takes a while to really like marinate in society for people to get comfortable in talking about. So I always say like, you know, it's devastating to lose a parent. Nobody prepares us for it, right? Like there's no preparation and it's this universal experience that we are all going to have. And I'm like the poster child of someone that had a very complex relationship with their parent. And so how do you navigate their death of someone that was so, that was almost like God in your life? You know, like, how do you navigate that? So yeah, that's kind of what compelled me to write a book. But also like the other hand is like, this stuff has been really juicy. Like there's like a lot of juicy drama here. So I'm like, yeah, my life is kind of like a, you know, Dateline episode, no big deal. So that's another reason why. So I'm excited to see that unfold and manifest. Don't know when that will take shape, but I'm, I'm slowly just writing away and we'll just go from there. But yeah, I do have more episodes planned for this podcast. And I know we have a future interview with my mom scheduled and she is so excited y'all. She just, she still doesn't really know what a podcast is, but she's all about it. Um, And so I'm really excited to continue on this journey with you all. And I just wanted to share these quick updates. 
because we have not, we've been bad. We've been not posting like we normally do, but it's been, it's been a little extra draining, just going back and forth with that settlement agreement and just the preposterousness of how this caregiver acts and behaves about things is just incredible to me. So with that, I really appreciate you listening and I really appreciate you joining me on this really, really wild, insane journey. And I hope you have a good night and a good week. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye.